Welcome back to the French Rugby Podcast with me, Tim Groves, former France hooker Benjamin Kayser, and ex-Scotland international and adopted Frenchman Johnny Beatty. We're on Rugby Pass this season as well as all your usual podcast platforms and we've got the home of the top 14, Premier Sports, on board with us too. Premier Sports is the place to watch every single minute from each game of the new United Rugby Championship as well as being the only place to watch live top 14 in the UK and Ireland from each and every round. So watch the biggest names with all the games live on Premier Sports this season. Just check out Premier Sports sports.com to subscribe today from just 12.99 a month on sky virgin and the premier player we will chat about the top 14 shortly because there's been a fair bit going on since we recorded last week but the autumn nation series got underway at the weekend as well and france have their first game against argentina this weekend and you're both working on that one in paris but benji if you had a better week this week and have you got all your travel sorted you know which flights you're getting what time i've decided not to fly so that's the solution right so no no I'm just I'm just jumping on a train and delighted to do so I much prefer it. Um d- to be honest it's just it's just an exciting moment right? The, um, the European rugby is around the corner Autumn Nations Cup is amazing and on top of that it's going to be a proper Autumn Nations Cup whatever it's not even cup it's the series right? It's Autumn Nations series and last year was Autumn Nations Cup. But last year was a bit uh, it was a bit weird without Japan without Fiji we wish for the only two excitement. And and especially in the sort of the French new era of Fabien Galtier. It's going to be the first time that they face Southern Hemisphere apart from the Australia tour where they had to leave without, I don't know, 15 of their best players or something. So it's super, super exciting. And you go gradually, you go through Argentina, which obviously can be hit and miss and they're distant cousins. You just never know who's going to show up. But when they do, well, they can beat the All Blacks. So <laughs> they're pretty damn good. And then you've got Georgia, who's obviously a powerhouse of, of the world of scrummaging. And they have 72 potential tight heads that can play for the team and one scrum half. <laughs> but that's, that's the reality. And that's the thing that every single country in the world envies them because they're just absolutely extraordinary in that. And they've got a lot more to offer now. Obviously, I'm being a bit a bit ridiculous, but and they're growing. Uh, and then you finish by the mighty All Black. So it's a proper big old series. I mean, I think I looked at the round three. It's what well, England, South Africa, Wales, Australia, France, New Zealand. <laughs> that's that's pretty much day. what. Yeah, that's what everybody's waiting for. And after two years of mega lack of these, uh, you know, north-south uh, confrontations on a crispy Saturday night in Paris, they're the games that everybody wants to be at. So jumping on the train, plane, walking, cycling, I would have been there. How about you, Johnny? Good week. Looking forward to a crisp Saturday night in Paris at the weekend. No, it's been good. Um, I was up doing. A uh, game last night for Premier Sports, which was good fun. I was doing Racing 92 against Toulouse. Jack's then covered, uncovered some serious young talent. Again, young French kids that we'll talk about later who were phenomenal. So good game to watch. It's also the October holidays here. So we've got down to San Sebastian. That was the first time we've been down to Spain since COVID hit. So nice just to get out of the house. And then like Benji said, International Rugby is back. This weekend, I'll be up in Paris. So I'll get to catch up with you, Benji, and with Rory, which will be great. Um, looking forward to France-Argentina. And then... The next morning, so hopefully not too rough, I'll be nipping over to Edinburgh for Scotland, Australia, where I'll catch up with you, Tim. So it'll be the first time we've managed to catch up at all, ever. And looking forward to it. a glass of wine or a beer in person. I've seen Benji's red wine collection and his choices. So don't burn yourself out on Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrible. I'm not going to be able to back it up either. So I'll have to temper myself. But no, just delighted. A couple of glasses of red and then the first flight over on Sunday. So looking forward to it. It'll be epic. Let's have a look at that France-Argentina game then, because... It looks like a good one on paper. So how do you see it going? I think, um, I, I don't know if we're doing predictions just now. Maybe we'll wait for a little bit. But um, to be honest, the, the I'm super excited about it. Like I said to you, first, sort of second with the full team 
um, encounter with the Southern Hemisphere team. Yes, Argentina are not New Zealand and South Africa at the moment, okay, but they're still an absolutely quality side, which, to be honest, does not go well with the French mentality. They're very similar to us. They're very aggressive. They can very... Um, they can actually be particularly dominant and powerful, especially up front. And, and France definitely need that platform. Now there's going to be a the, the big question around that game, which pretty much has been has been dealt with, is the whole 10-12 situation. Are we going to miss Vakatawa? Are we going to miss Gael Fiku? Are we going to miss at center? Are we going to miss uh, you know the, the partnerships that went really well, Arthur Vincent and all those guys? But at the same time, can we not get mega excited about having the two, the two probably one of the two hottest talents that French rugby has ever produced and Tamak and Jalibert together at the same time on the pitch and see how well they can go. And there was a really clever quote from, from your mate, uh, Christophe Furious, who had a big fat smile on his face after beating Clermont at the weekend, saying that not only are they good, but they get along well. So there's actually, there's guys, you know, who, who are in competition, pretend like they like each other and stuff, but hate each other's guts uh, uh, discreetly. And it's not the case with them. So, very, very excited to see them. Very excited to see Antoine Dupont uh, as, as a captain and see how he can perform. He, he can even, you know, impress us even more. But more than that, very, very eager to see once, you know, the sparkle is back in the French camp. Yes, 2023 is around the corner. If you want to replicate the English module of Klein Woodward uh, to 03, they beat on a regular basis every single Southern Hemisphere team. It doesn't give you any... No guarantees for the World Cup, okay, but you need to learn how to beat them. You need to learn how to beat Argentina. You need to learn how to front up, you know, a week later with the with the monster pack of Georgia. And then obviously you need to go for Mount Everest, the All Blacks. And this one is a proper, proper test for the French team to say, are we going to go to the quarters or can I actually make it to be title contenders? Like you mentioned a few of the guys that are missing, Vakatawa, Arthur Vincent, but I think we can get more excited that the systems are there in place. Like you've got top quality coaches now. You guys are organized. It's exciting to watch. And as you mentioned, like you plug in Dupont, Jalibert and Intermac, that's three of the best players in the world. Right now, the way they're playing the top 14, absolutely phenomenal. So really excited to see them play together. Honestly, I'm a little bit worried for Argentina just because like you saw through the rugby championship, the language Mario Ledesma was using, they're exhausted. They're absolutely out on their feet. They've been traveling nonstop and having played against Argentina in these fixtures before in November, you can just by body language playing against them on the field, you can tell it's the end of the year. You can tell it's their end of the season and they're desperate to get back home. And that's why I think this week it's a massive game for France. Absolutely huge. So much up for grabs for individuals, but also as a coaching staff and for nation. And I, my gut feels that Argentina might be on the end of a spanking. I hope it's not. I hope it's a highly competitive match. But I just feel the way Ledesma has been talking, they're exhausted. They're at the end of their season. And I think they're desperate to get back home. So I think France will be um, will be comfortable. Well, you teased it, Benji. We'll get your predictions for that one later on and touch on it a little bit more. But let's turn our attentions to the top 14 now then. And we've spoken about Patrice Colazzo's struggles at Toulon every week so far this season. And we suggested there might be big news coming when we recorded last week's podcast. And then it arrived before the podcast was even out. So he went. And Frank Azema is in Benji. So are you surprised by that? I am a little bit surprised because I, I spoke to him two weeks ago and we were still speaking about the whole, I was, I was um, sort of texting him. Are you, are you heading, are you packing yourself for bath? Cause I could, I, you know, I could have sort of given him a few addresses when I saw that they, those poor guys lost by 70 points against Saracens. I thought somebody's head is going to get chopped off. And actually, I, I was thinking, you know, if, if Hong gets the nod, he would be sort of that different spark that maybe an English club would need. So it would be sort of a great idea. Um, I'm not an agent, so I didn't make anything happen. 
but I just, it was it was just it was just good good moment to just just to have a chat and, and to catch up and we were more talking actually about the dispute with with Clermont and how ugly it's getting really uh, and how disappointing it is so it, yeah, I know that your next question Tim is going to be like well go on what's it tell us about the dispute so I might as well it was basically what happened is that Franck knocked on the door in January to say, listen, I just feel that I've done the year too much, that I'm not impacting the boys as much as I, I should. He signed a four-year deal and he was, after a year and six months in, decided to be like, I'm going to pull the plug on my last two years of, of the contract. I just think it's better for everyone, right? Let's sit around the table, see how we can figure out a solution. And in the end, um, they managed to get John O'Gibbs out of his La Rochelle contract because him and Ronan O'Gara were too big for, for one seat. And in the end, the club was like, oh, it could be in our interest, you know, to pull the plug also. He wants to go there. Uh, we want to let him go. You know, it could fit all parties. So they sorted that out. Fantastic. And then all comes along with a bit uh, big um, trotters, um, Montpellier. And there's a bit of a history since our mate uh, Scott Spitting uh, went from, signed a contract for Montpellier and then ended up turning around and signing for Clermont uh, when I was there. And I think there was some sort of, you know, not contract breach, but they, they needed to settle it. And so Clermont settled it and they've always been a little bit pissed off around it because I don't think things were done exactly the way that they should have. So there's a bit of bitterness between the two. So all of a sudden they thought, well, Franck is taking us for a ride here. He's actually all along got this Montpellier deal in his pocket and he comes along and gives us his long speech and we get John Gibbs and stuff. He's going to try to stuff us. And never forget that poor Eric de Cromier, may he rest in peace, uh, passed. And, and so Guillaume, it's his first month or first season, proper season as new president. And uh, whether I hated to admit it or not, Clermont always had a, reg- uh, a reputation of being too nice, too naive. You know, you would step on our feet, we wouldn't say a thing. Oh, yes, the big bad boys of Toulon and Montpellier could rock up, but we would never stand up, right? So there's there's also this image of Guillaume's being like, listen, I for my m- m- first major decision as a president, there's no way in the, w- in the world he's going to take me for a ride. Don't forget that Guillaume was, used to be head of HR for Michelin Global. So he, he's hired a few guys, he's sacked a few guys, he's organized countries, right? So he, he's not afraid of a, a contract or two. And then so what I've heard, they asked for a stupid, stupid sort of indemnity to, to make up for this, for this loss. And then Montpellier actually pulled out. So Franck had nothing. Franck was still in Clermont, they had John O'Gibbs, and he had nothing. So actually they called his bluff, but he, they realized that he wasn't bluffing, <laughs> that there really wasn't a Montpellier contract before, that there was absolutely nothing behind. And so he took it really badly, obviously, and then there was a whole sort of law case of we had to get to the club with a with a, um, a surveyor next to him, you know, to double check and X, Y, and Z, and things are not going well. So there's a lot of bitterness. What I know is that in the last couple of weeks, things have accelerated before the Toulon sacking Patrice Colazo. There's been sort of clear rupture of the contract, be like, you're officially not employed by us in Clermont-Vian anymore. There still is going to be sort of a court case at some point, right? They're not settling and backing down from anything. Franck from the pain that was caused, and and Clermont thinking that they owed a fee. But then all of a sudden, Toulon rocks up, he signs, and then I just see like 10 minutes later, a little communique from SMB like, oh, we just want to clarify the situation, X, Y, and Z. You know, saying that um, because he signed, that means he, he considered that he doesn't owe us anything and that this is done and we're not going to let this happen and then we're going to seize the league. and X, y. I just think it's pretty poo, to be honest. I think it's pretty dirty. He's giving 11 years of his of his. Uh, of of his um, of his life to the club, and to be honest, what I mean is life. He gave his heart and soul to this club, and for anybody who knows Frank, he was the first. I think he used to come at the club at five fifteen every morning, and he's definitely the last one to leave. 
I mean, he he left a bit of his health there. You know, his family got shaken by, by the, his involvement in it because it was just it was just mental what, what what he gave. In the other hand, you have to understand that Clermont they didn't want to be again this you know the the little loser, the happy loser who's going to let everything happen. Fair enough. This is done. Need to move on. Franck's in Toulon. I think he's definitely in demand for the job because he's not going to try to ch- get rid of everything. He's gonna, he's a respectful, straight, uh, uh, you know, sh- straight shooter who who will do fantastically well for them. But I'm just I'm genuinely disappointed by the bitterness. But I'm genuinely excited about Franck being in Toulon. Presumably, Toulon will have agreed with Franck that if anything does happen, they'll they'll pay it. I don't know, mate. I, 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 that, I, that, that I have absolutely no idea. I actually don't think. I, I th- honestly, Toulon is a pretty attractive club. I think if they wanted to get, I don't know, Michael Cheka or somebody, they could have. I don't think you need to knock on too many doors, basically, to get a head coach. Considering, to be honest, that they could have kept on going with Sergio Parise, who at some point I think will join the the coaching staff and he's doing his diploma and all that, and he gets along. And his best mate is only Julien Dupuis, my mate too, who's the backs coach there. You know, so it would have made a lot of sense. And with Kuglan there, I'm sure they would they would have done a fantastic job. Um, in a moment where the the problem was maybe the overwhelmingly present and dominant presence of of Patrice Colazzo. Maybe it's also what caused them to actually do good and to bet on him for such a long time. And he's built some youngsters that have come because they wanted to come for Patrice Colazo. So it's, it's a big old bet. But no, to answer your question, I don't, I have not heard and I don't think there's any deal from Tuno to be like, right, we'll pay. The, it's not a transfer fee, basically. It's not like we'll, we'll, we'll pick you up. I think he's got his beef with Clamo on the side and he's ready to go full tilt at it. And I think there are two that's separate. But at least now, legally, he's employed by Tuno and he can finally move on and, and speak on the pitch. And the, the, the particularity of the well, the funniness of the of the calendar makes Toulon go to Clermont the weekend. So that's gonna be spicy. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At Bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Well, let's delve a little bit deeper into what's been going on in Toulon now then, and we can have a chat with the man who was in charge of the side at the weekend. Toulon defence coach James Coughlin joins us. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? We're good. We're good. We were sat doing the podcast a week ago and Patrice Colazzo was still in the job. When did you find out that he'd gone and um, how did you discover the news? Um, Monday, we had a meeting with the president, all the staff. Uh, Tuesday morning, it was a bit all over the place. And then um, about quarter to three, the uh, president came to see me and said, look, Patrice is going to make an announcement. And then Patrice came to see us and um so the president just basically said look uh we want you to 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 run it this week so yeah <laughs> deep end um but uh i was honestly it was it was it's a strange one because patrice brought me to toulon showed enough trust in me to give me the job um so it was difficult a difficult week personally but a difficult week I, he had a much more difficult week than i had um obviously but it was uh i i was grateful that they he trusted me to to be the one he said look i said to the president you can run it for the week there'll be no issue blah 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 
So obviously it was just more about repaying his confidence in me and, and obviously the presidents and Laurent Emanuele, uh, the director sportif, his, his confidence as well. Um, and then it was just, yeah, just trying to keep uh, keep everyone going, <laughs> try and block out the noise a bit, you know, because obviously uh, there was noise coming from everywhere and it was just kind of filter and delete Rugby Rama, delete uh, <laughs> Instagram, <laughs> delete Twitter for a week and just uh, try, try and just to avoid the mess, you know. How was the announcement of Frank made to the boys? Was it, did the president call it or did he just rocked up out of a door? Because I'll tell you later, me and, me and Julian were in one of them. So Tuesday we had the, the staff meeting and the, then I, every, everybody was in. Wednesday, I was kind of running around like a mad chicken trying to, but we knew Frank was around the place. So it was kind of like, we knew he was around. So we kind of were like putting two and two together. We could like, as I was in the office late and, Obviously, the agents are coming in with people and out with people and, and whatever it is. And then so we kind of had an idea of what was happening Thursday morning. President came to me and said, look, this is what happened. This is what happening. We're telling you first, obviously, because we know what's going on. And then there was an, a staff meeting at eight o'clock. Uh, Frank was presented as staff. And then there was a team meeting at three o'clock. And uh, Frank came in at eight o'clock and was there to help us. It wasn't just in and 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 just go. Look, I'm just going to stand back. He said, "Look, I'm not a cop for the week. You know, I'm, I'm just here to look and and to help. And if I if I think I can help out, I'll help out. If I, but I'll lads, I'll leave you at it. And and it's been you know today was more the first real day of of um, working with Frank and we were in, in this morning just you know just putting things in place in regards to how we're going to train how we're going to how we're going to go forward in our, in our start of plays or whatever it is it was kind of like the first real day of um, of putting stuff in place to, to to move on so yeah it's been it's been a hectic hectic few days mate you say hectic you, you look shell-shocked I'm not going to lie <laughs> after having spoken to you a couple of weeks ago and seeing you a little bit over summer as well you mentioned the noise Yeah. I'm guessing the volume in Toulon is very different. Obviously, your man of experience with Ireland, with Munster, yeah. with Poe, with Breathe, you've been around. But how different is it, the, the noise that you experience and the level of attention that you get at Toulon? There is always noise. There is always something going on. Um, oh, not all of it bad. I'm not saying it's bad. It's not. It's just different. And the, the phrase over the thing is, 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 God, honest, it's the truth. Easy to tell different. It's just that. It's just the scale of of stuff is just completely completely changes when you're in that position. You know, you go from trying to organize stuff with the CDF to have to call Dave Rennie about a player that's been selected. So the scale, you can understand um, why managers stress and why it's a it's a big it's a big job because in big clubs it's from the academy. Just until you know you're you could have Fabian Galti is calling players in. You need to speak to him. You need to speak to the SNC staff. You need to speak to the medical staff. You need to speak to the direction. You need to speak to the press staff. You need to speak to the administration staff. The guys are changing their cars during the week. This was all this my week. The guys were changing the cars during the week, late for reunions because there's a hole up in Volkswagen, so the check cars that they're getting are, aren't going to be in. In, in the right order so well, okay uh, okay we'll put it back a quarter of an hour because 
Yeah, but no, we can't because you know, announcer Frank is coming. It's just, it's just the scale of of everything is just just that much higher. It's just, <laughs> and then uh, Saturday morning, uh, the manager Justine, who is absolutely brilliant, is just honestly the place would not run without her. So James, just after getting a call from the prefecture, where they're thinking about putting it into alert rouge, which means everything stops. <laughs> No match. Uh, the roads are closed. Schools are closed. Businesses are closed from one o'clock to five o'clock. So uh, I was like, "Oh, great, okay." <laughs> and he, and he gets that you can just throw on the pile there, guys. Uh, so I said, "Look, we have to play the game." You know, Toulon is in a good position that we can not that we can put pressure, but we can say one way or the other. So I said, "No, look, if we can stay in orange, we're playing the game." Uh, obviously, then can I, but then you have to do the other crap behind it. Like, so, okay, well, if the game is tomorrow, what do we do? So, we need to call the caterers, we need to have the food ready, uh, we need to have the campus open, we need to have the the plan day, the bus uh, all ready, um, the parking for the lads organized, uh, the aftermatch, what's happening with the aftermatch, who's doing the aftermatch, who's doing the press, canal on the phone going, the game is going ahead. The big game is going ahead. The game is going ahead. The game is going ahead. Great. That's what we want. Great. <laughs> Turn on the rugby club. You know, I'll, I'll relax. I'll watch the rugby club. <laughs> you know, it's Saturday evening. We won. It's great. <laughs> that game really should have been called off, shouldn't it? Please give us the same message at least. But uh, the, the rain for me was a good omen. I was like, Christ, if it's pissing this much, it's, it has to be a good omen. It has to be an Irish pa- a paddy <laughs> in the south of France, Cotes, or and it's pissing like out of the heavens. This has to be a good sign. So at least there was that much, you know. You said that it's easy to the difference. So basically, yeah. in Toulon, everything's different. So there was another club where everything was different, it was Stade Francais. And I was there with Julian when we went back after Leicester, when Ewan McKenzie, remember the Australian yeah. coach? He got he got sacked after four games. And I, I can't, re- I mean, it's funny that you, you, you use the sentence, we heard something that somebody was coming, we didn't know who. And that's yeah. exactly what happened at Stade Francais. So there was a rumor that, listen, at 12 o'clock, you will know the new coach. And Max Gozini loved that stuff, right? So he was milking it dry for a couple of days, giving us clues and stuff. There's a boy, you know, there would be a guy jumping in the, in the change room, I saw Baldy. I saw Baldy. Ben yeah. is coming back for sure, mate. He is, he is. I saw somebody. Then you see that agent, but that agent actually represents. I can't even remember. It was the Crusaders, Robbie Deans or something. It was like, yeah, Robbie Deans is here for sure because I heard whatever. And in the end, it was uh, it was Jacques Delmas and and Didier Faugeron. But I mean, it was almost like like comical, you know, the, the, how our heads can spin. And in the end, you know that it's Frank. You knew that something yeah. was going on. You knew that something had to change. What was your first... I'm, I'm going to tell you what I think about him. And obviously, he's very positive. So be careful what you yeah, say. No, no. But, but, <laughs> but, but what was your first... What was your initial instinctive reaction? Because I know, you know, I mean, we, there's been a few battles between Munster and Clermont. So obviously, you yeah. had to sort of love the, his tactical side. And we adored your warrior side, if you know what I mean. Um, what was your first initial reaction when you he was the man? Honestly, it was it was Patrice kind of said it to me on the QT. Look, it's going to be frank. My initial reaction, obviously, was I know how he works. I know the, how structured everything was with G and Claremont having played against G for for as many years as he had. I had never heard anybody say a bad word about him. And even though he, he left Claremont, it was because it was for the better of the team. Was what he felt, you know. He like Morgan. He had a few other lads who were 
or Cami um, Lopez or, or you know Damian Shuli yourself Benji who had him for 10 years nearly so he had recognized that you know I can't flog the same horse every year every year with the same message with the same detail with the same so straight away that shows you what kind of a character you know what I mean and I think the president who spoke I, I thought very well on Friday not that I can say any otherwise because he's my president but <laughs> no but he said look it's, it's a it's a guy with a great character you know a rugby a great rugby uh record which he has you know he's won championships he's won European competitions but it's a good guy we're, we know where we stand with him. Where he, uh, I think you'd say it yourself, and you know him better than I do. He's, he's honest as the day is long. He's very direct in what he says. There's no double messages, no double images. Um, and Jesus, that's all we all want. You know what I mean? That's you know somebody who's straight and honest. I think it's a more and, and the French love to use the word Anglo-Saxon, even though we're Gaelic. Uh, Johnny will attest to that. <laughs> we're not Anglo-Saxon. We're Gaelic, but that's exactly what we like as well. I think you've got it spot on. And the only thing that I would add is that he's a straight shooter. That He's probably the only coach that I've heard that actually takes player input and takes peers input seriously. Some guys will just nod, you know, and be like, yeah, yeah I'm pretending <laughs> yeah. like I'm taking it on, whatever. He actually values opinion. I mean, you know, he went to get John O'Gibbs to be challenged. He's not that coach that will hold the reins all the time and be like, it's my baby. You get the fuck out of here. I will yeah. never even take on board what you say. If if he says that he wants a staff with guys who challenge him, he will actually let himself be challenged. And I think that's his biggest strength. His humanity and his straightness sometimes cost him because he's a man of his words and he and he wants to deliver and he wants to to front up on all those things. Um, and on top of that, he's gonna be humble enough to be like, it's easy, you know, to be the dictator to rock up to be like, oh well, I understand why Toulon were losing, because that shit, that shit, that shit, that yeah. shit, that shit is easy. You know, it's Hannah Kameyer who rocked up, ah, they're not fit enough. Yeah, it's like the, the the easiest excuse for a head coach, you know, to be like not fit enough. All right, well, to try to get something else, right? And he's not going to do that. How do you say that? You're not going to throw the baby with the bathwater or whatever you say. Um, and he's he's genuinely going to chip in, do his hard work, and you'll see, mate. I, don't, I I'm sure you worked hard, but bloody hell, he works very hard. Like yeah. <laughs> first in, last out, and uh, and and you'll love it. So I think you've got it spot on. No, whether we can see directly, even um, from his chat during the weekend, he was. You know, it wasn't like, it's shit what you're doing at the moment, guys. It wasn't. It was actually the opposite. You're saying, it's good what you're doing at the moment. But the problem is, is that you're getting nine line breaks and you're not putting any of them away. You know, how can we fix that? So, like, you know, and, and getting more detail in, in our kick chases or getting more detail in, in our, our on our kick perception as well, which is is really important now because the amount of kicks is, are going in. But no, as you say, like, he's happy to, to have us have a go at him there's no titles you know what I mean there's no hierarchy it's kind of like okay I'm the defence coach but you know what do you think about this attack or you know likewise when Julian or, or Max have said something to me about we were in that kind of an environment anywhere that I could chat to Julian about the attack and he could come to me about the defence or Max would talk about the kicking game or exit strategy or whatever it is but we were in that kind of environment which is great then to have somebody in to affirm that, you know, rather than stamping it out and going, you do that, I do this, you do that. So it's it's early doors. We just, you know, we just need to start. But I think um, the holidays will do us good, you know, that break of of the couple of weeks and get it really focused for, you know, Leon, Poe, and then we can move into then Christmas period and, and we'll have everyone around, which would be a, 
a novelty <laughs> to be able to scratch our head and go, oh, Christ, what team are we picking this week? Because, you know, there was some of the preseason weeks we had 12 guys at training. That's exactly what I was going to ask. Was it, I understand results hadn't been where the, where the expectation would have been, but sure there must have been a certain level of empathy from your president and also supporters that you didn't have a preseason. You'd, like you said, you're 12 blokes. Since the season started, the raft of injuries you've had, plus all the boys away on international duty and rugby championship, like you've been playing with one hand tied behind your back. No, no <laughs> is the short answer. Obviously, he's jumped, but there must have been some level of understanding. There was and there is. Um, you know, it's a result-based business, uh, Johnny. We know, like, um, maybe it's a build-up. I'm only here since July, so I can't talk about what's happened before it. I won't talk what's happened before it. What happened since July has been we've done the best that we could do. We have done, we've been in work at six in the morning. We've left work at eight o'clock in the evening. We have done as much as we can do every day because we know, like you've all experienced, boys, uh, it's not a nine to five job. It's not a, for the players have a great fucking life. They, you know, they come in, you check in, you check out, you do your job, you go home. Whereas there's no reflection in regards to, oh Christ, what are we going to do tomorrow? This guy's injured. Who are we going to put in this place? Well, which guy's academy guys do we need to call up? Because even last week, we hit 24 for training. We can't even do 15 against 15. We can't even do launch once. We can't even, you know, you try and get your guys ready 15 against 15 to get your, your start play sorted. Okay, we can do it, but we've 10 guys in defense. I've trained, and, 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 and as bad as it sounds, That's the I've, answer. I've done sessions. I've done, <laughs> and like I've had Carbo turn me, oh, Christ, you're fat, but you can see go a bit. Like, you know, so, <laughs> so it's, it's it, it, you know, it gets to the point where you're like, oh, Christ, what, what can we do here? Like, because it's it, like we have, and um, Patrice is, was in first. He was, and I, I'm, I'm an early starter. I'm in like six. He was, Carol was always there before mine. And I was leaving at some of the evenings, seven. His car was still there when we left. So like, it wasn't that we weren't doing the work. It wasn't that he wasn't doing the work. We were doing the work. We were doing as much as we physically could do. There's a lot of excuses, but we can't make excuses. And he's obviously still getting his feet under the table Frank and you mentioned some of the fine tuning that he's already said he wants to do in in the red zone in, in defense mm. as well. Do you know if he is planning on bringing anyone in in the back room staff as well? Because Mr. Kayser here is always touting for a job, interpreter, <laughs> line out okay. coach, anything. He is a better contact with Frank than I have. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and it'll be the usual. It'll be, oh, Christ, who's that in the car park? <laughs> 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 okay, okay, well. Well, bienvenue. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then do I have to pack my box as well? <laughs> it's one in, one out. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm coming in January to commentate the game of you boys and I'll, I'll share a beer. That's about it. <laughs> no, I look forward to it. Don't worry. We'll do more than one. Nothing. <laughs> I think Benji did want a job and then he heard you talking about it and he was like, no, I'm happy to talk about it. <laughs> oh, mate. I'm exhausted. It's the one reason everyone gets scared off. Like respect for everyone that goes into it. But the hours, and you mentioned again, like Patrice's car being there before you last to leave as well. Can you give us a little bit of insight into the personality? Because he's known as this fiery character. He obviously yeah. worked wonders at La Rochelle. I mean, unbelievable team at La Rochelle, but for whatever reason, it didn't quite click. But more importantly, the personality, the bloke, the guy that's pulling the strings behind the scenes, what is he like as a man? Uh, yeah, I honestly, as a man, I couldn't speak highly enough. It's kind of hard. It's kind of like you feel like you're speaking in an obituary or something. Do you know what I mean? Um, 
as a bloke, man, he's the funniest guy you meet, the, the genuine, most genuine guy you meet. And the thing is that I, I think I twigged very quickly is the reason he comes off abrasive or whatever is he brings it, puts it all on himself. Like as in, if it doesn't work, it's his fault because he's the one in charge. When I kind of twigged that, I understood where I was at and I didn't try and make him laugh or take a piss out of somebody. Or, But like, you know, it's the stuff that no one sees and then you're kind of going, fucking hell. How is he dealing with this? Because this is just mental shit. But um, like as a bloke, honestly, I he was the first person I text after the game. Rang me during the week, rang me Friday morning, see how everybody was getting on, what you know, is everyone fit? Who have you back? Who haven't you? What's what are you doing? Uh sent us all a message to wish us luck. No bitterness and no nothing said look the club comes first James I think what's right for the club is this and I hope it's a friend for life kind of thing because it's um, he gave me a shot in one of the biggest clubs in the world um, and I won't ever forget that like that's proper you mentioned earlier that um, he sort of hinted that it was going to be Frank is it fair to say that he that he actually he's taking it better and he's not bitter at all because it's funk because I know they had a good relationship the two of them. they have a good they are he, the first thing he said to me is you'll be okay Frank is a very good guy um, yeah, I don't know cool. if um, you know he's upset with the situation I'm sure he'd have preferred to stay in it but he thought what was best was for him to to make the decision he made I, he's just a genuine bloke so I reckon you know I'd give him a bit of time Um, he'll do a couple of visits he'll be around visiting clubs that he's been with before and you know he'll do a bit of his own education or just take a step back for a while because he's been a long time in a lot of pressure jobs um, obviously the job he did in Irish was amazing long. so there's, there's that becomes with it too everybody knows you everybody knows the car you drive everybody knows where you go to eat and you know He would tell me, like, there were some nice guys would follow him home from work and say, you have to win it to begin. It was at that point where guys were, like, literally following the car home and, and stopping him as he was going into the house. So, you know, we have to win it the weekend. And then people talk about us being grumpy or whatever it is. Well, <laughs> that's, you know, you, you have no idea what, what's going on, you know. So it's, it, that, that, that's, you know, as I said, I, I have I've nothing but good things to say about Patrice I, I, and I won't ever listen to anybody say anything but, but good things about him because he's just a good bloke that is next level and we're all exhausted listening to you talk about your last week <laughs> but you were the main you were the main man in charge for a few days so yeah has it given you a taste for the top job or not uh a taste yeah but it's, yeah it's sour I'm not sure uh, <laughs> the only coach in the history of Toulon to have a hundred percent record must surely go. have given you a taste for more yeah no it does it does like I mean I think if you're in it you're in it to, to go as far as you can to go as big as you can otherwise there's no point doing it um, I've chatted to, to I chat regularly enough to Laurie Fisher who's in charge of the Bumbies one of the few things he said to me that have really stuck with me is you have to get on the bus Because otherwise you'll never, you'll never know what it's like. Um, so, you know, it's been brilliant. It was a great week. Um, I'm happy to, to to step back and and step back as far away from the limelight as I can go now for a few months and get myself. Uh, but learn from Frank because if you can't learn from somebody with his experience, um, then obviously you're just closed off yourself and you're not really 
you, you shouldn't be in this kind of job if you can't learn from people like Frank. Well, thanks so much for coming on and talking us through the week and um, good luck for the rest of the season. Thank you, million boys. I'm going to bed. I'll talk to you, to, talk to you again. <laughs> Rest up, mate. Thanks a lot. Sleep well. And if you're if you're short on numbers or 15 on 15, there's a couple of ringers that you can give a call. <laughs> Ringer? Uh, uh, which ones? From the movie or from, <laughs> from the three? <laughs> exactly. you got Tim and Ben anytime. <laughs> okay. All right. God bless, guys. See you. Bye-bye. Thanks very much. Cheers, mate. Thanks a lot. I love the the genuine how do you say it? the genuine side the the genuinity or whatever of of the those human connection that's that's absolutely brilliant. Um, I love it how he said he's going to be friends for life like he hopes he's going to, he made a friend for life with with Patrice Colazzo that he's he's understands the pressure and the element and it's almost like it's not about yourself it's just about the institution it's about the big old Toulon ship and whoever jumps on you know jumps on and and Patrice Colazzo is has given his heart and soul to this project, but he realized a bit like Franck with Clermont that it was time for him maybe for the benefit of, of or for the greater good to jump off and everybody's recognized it. And I think you can read between the lines, James said it, it could have been any one of them, right? It could have been all, the, all of them. It could have been just Patrice or a couple. Now it's their mission to take on what Franck can bring and he's a top bloke and I loved how he summed up him up in uh, in just a couple of sentences and he, he's, he's only met him for a week, but he really did grasp sort of the his his genuine side and how he considers rugby and people and teamwork and spirit are actually pretty optimistic after just you know a little half an hour of chat. I think I think they've got their heads proper screwed on. I think they've got definitely some quality players coming. They need to you know bite the bullet for that November test period because they got a shit ton of internationals and some proper players, some proper proper players that are that are not here. But after that, careful, because I think when once everybody's pissed off, everybody's hungry, everybody's angry about a situation, whew, don't you don't want to shake the beast of Toulon, that's for sure. And that's it, it is a beast, but you can't underestimate as well the requirements that are needed at the top level, the coaching, the management, and the people at the top of that tree, how much they can affect the whole organization. Look, Toulon have now got massive infrastructure. They're organized for the first time behind the scenes. Like you speak to the guys that were there under Bujala, it was a complete mess. Like the, the training facilities, the infrastructure, the, the physio S&C stuff, it wasn't there. It's now there all in place. Frank Azema, like we said, a great man for the job, like has done, handled one of the biggest clubs in French rugby and European rugby for the past decade, absolutely massive. And then also like, didn't really get into actual him as a coach, but James, really talented and respected young defense coach highly emotionally intelligent, like keen to learn. And the bit that I loved was the get on the bus. Like you're there for the ride. There's going to be ups, there's going to be downs. Learn as much as you can absorb from people like Frank, from Patrice, because at the end of the day, in 10 years time, he's going to want to be a head coach in one of the biggest organizations in Europe. And look, he's well on his way. He's there with his feet under a desk too long, but great bloke, great insight and great to have him on. Have you spoken to your other mate, Julian Dupuy, about the situation, Benji, or not? I uh, just texted me to say thank you. Uh, it was more um, a support sort of text that I sent him to say that I, I know things are rocky. You know when you know that your main coach is going to go, and he's a bit the same as James. He, he got brought, he was brought in by Patrice, and so you don't know if every single Patrice man is going to be chucked out, right? And it's a different thing when you Patrice Colazone, You've done ten years at the top level. You obviously earned a little bit of coin. And uh, and like you said, you can use that time to sort of freshen up your mind and go for the next project. He's definitely not a, a, a done coach, right? Patrice Colazzo is going to be on a bench and most probably a very good bench, uh, but by 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 mid next summer, maximum for sure. He's a talented um, uh, coach who will find another job. That whole jungle of the assistant coach 
uh, sort of market, that's completely different, right? So, so I'm, I'm sure he was properly frightened. And there's also who, who's, who's to blame? You know, you're always trying to blame somebody. So it was more of a support system. And I know Julian has a lot of respect for Frank. And I thought Frank will, will, will be... It'll be mutual because I already every time I used to play against Stad or something, you know, Julian would come to the hotel before. So they've they've spoken to each other through me quite a lot. Um, and they're very similar blokes in the sense that sometimes it, it costs them to speak a little bit their mind too much, but they're very genuine and they're very straight to the point. So that I think they'll get along get along fine. It's more a bit of support, voilà, a bit of support. Um, um, my mom was born in Toulon, didn't stay long, but was born there. I love the place. I think it deserves its its spot in uh, in French rugby because it's just so special. It's so spicy. It's so different. And that's what we all love about it. Uh, the only time is I didn't love them is when they beat us with Camo. But um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm growing, you know, more mature now. So I'm more, I'm wiser. And because they don't hurt me physically anymore, then I'm okay with it. And do we think there will be any more changes in the backroom staff? Or is he just going to work with, with what's already there? Uh, I don't I don't see Frank tr- transforming anything. Like I said to you when we were speaking to James, he, he's a respectful, down-to-earth bloke. And he knows that nothing, you don't want to chuck the baby with the bathwater. There's not, it's not the case of getting rid of everything. And he's not a superstar. He's not going to sort out everything in two seconds. And on top of that, there's a guy that I mentioned earlier, Sergio Parisi is going to be in and out of the coaching staff any second now. Um, Fred Michalak is coming in December. I don't know how that's going to work out considering I forgot that Maxime Petitjean, that's, that's who he was mentioning, the yep. former number 10 for Aurillac, who's there for the kicking. Um, so I don't know how, how Fred Michelac is going to, even if he's a top dude, and I'm sure he can bring a completely different eyesight to this after being in Australia with, with rugby league and all that. It'd be great to have him, but it's a bit random. So I don't see more exits. I just see more combination with, with, with Fred Michelac coming in. Great to have James on. And let's round up the other top 14 action from the weekend then. We spoke about there being a few more away wins a couple of weeks ago, Johnny. So, of course, seven home wins this week, yeah? <laughs> Not anymore. No, I was up doing um, the Racing Toulouse game, which sort of threatened that, that like the first half that Toulouse were kind of dominant. Racing kind of struggled. Again, their pack battled. Again, some of the youngsters that came out of that game, Max Spring, the young fullback, Nolan Legarek, the scrum half, who actually looks like a young Morgan Power the way he plays, like freakishly good behind a pack that wasn't functioning. And you just think there's another option potentially for Fabian Galtier to add, you know, Baptiste Horan has been in and out, but you just think there's another kid that is at the top of his game, taking his opportunity with injuries. Eri Barron's been out, he's not been playing, he's starting ahead of Machino. He's another one for the future. He was absolutely freakish at the weekend. So an impressive win for Racing, even though they sort of spluttered in the first half. You've spoken about him before, Benji. Impressive, wasn't he, Legarek? Yeah, uh, he's, 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 he is really good. I think he's from Brittany. He's from Van originally. He's a yep. skinny little thing. Uh, but to, I love Morgan to death, but Lionel Legarek is quicker. He's got just that bit ex- extra pace about him. Uh, extra electric side, but he's a very ballsy, abrasive pack leader, number nine, who really has a place with a chip on the shoulder, and that's his biggest quality. I saw him rock up with the under 20s um, when he was only 18, um, a couple of seconds ago, and already he was just, he would boss everybody. He just had that, that was something, something, something more, uh, not not when I was there. He was, he was a uh, surclassé, so he was only 18 playing for the under 20s. He was the youngest out of all of them. Um, and he was he was really delivering, very very impressive. So I think it's his time to shine. It's his time to take over, and and obviously there's a bright future ahead of him. To be honest, 
<laughs> French team is going to be a, a proper step because because there's only the man Antoine du Antoine Dupont, and he's going to leave a few a few uh, crumbs behind him. But that's about it. And don't don't forget that there's there's still even some other very good players, uh, you know, that are not even in there. So between Baptiste Serin and Antoine Dupont and all these guys and Couillou and I mean the competition is is ridiculous. But that's also the, that's the best thing that can happen for France. And a big win for Montpellier over Leon. Huge. Uh, comprehensive as well. Uh, I think it was Lima Sopoanga's first start at 10 and he made a little, he had a little blip last week. And we know how good he is. I've, I've watched him for the ABs and, and watching him in the Premiership as well. He had a little blip last week. We didn't understand the 60-second counter that we have in the top 14. I think he was hoping for a, a helping hand in English from the referee, but it didn't come. So, so that didn't go his way last week in his first appearance off the bench this week. Ball came back uh, from Jonathan Polissier, just classic exit strategy fumbles the ball into a deadline area and Koba Reinach jumps on the ball, try. So look, it hasn't been the easiest start to his top 14 crew. You also had Pierre Mignona saying after the game, he just went to him in the changing room and said, look, welcome to the top 14. We're all behind you. Take your time. We're here behind you, but we're going to have to step up eventually. So look, it's been a blippy start for him, but he's, he's class. He just needs a few games, a bit of a run, the language barrier as well. He's only just arrived in the country a few weeks ago. But again, Montpellier, we talked about them over the past couple of weeks firing and making it almost look easy and how good they were under Vern Cotter where they finished first and then couldn't quite get over that line and, and win that final against Cast a couple of seasons ago but look they just look dangerous they've got quality they've got depth they look organised again um, and set up properly to play in the first time in a couple of years after Garbajosa going um, so another big step forward from them um, but Leon were disappointing and Ronan Negaro wasn't too happy with Larachelle's defeat at Perpignan was he? No he was fuming he just thought that I mean to the point where he he's becoming French, Ronald Ogar. Because he's <laughs> he's always been a little bit French. He's feisty. Oh my word. So he obviously uh, the, the the game is, is a terrible uh, is a great win for Perpignan that they 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 got out of grit and determination and a lot of balls really. Uh, but it's a huge disappointment when you're La Rochelle and you've got big expectations, you've got internationals left, right, and center. Uh, you just need to go and win Perpignan when you consider that I don't know. 80% of the top, top teams will win in Perpignan this season, most probably. And I'd mean that with a, the utmost respect. But when you're trying to, to, you know, to chase every single point there, you just need to, to, to convert. And I mentioned those internationals left, right and center where Ronald Gara had a proper dig at them. And that's typically French. That's like Murat Boudjelal mixed with Bernard Laporte mixed with Guinoves in the good old days. And it's basically, well, yeah, those internationals, yeah, they're really good. But if they keep on playing that, I mean, they're never going to be picked, are they? So it was a bit of own your status. If you're, if you're internationally capped, then you got to deliver on the pitch before you actually jump on the plane to play for, for your country. And there's always that dig about, um, you know, do you, there's always this thing, and Johnny will tell you, and I think it's really intense in France. When you get picked, it's fantastic, but you feel that you got to think, you, you have to think about yourself a tiny bit. That's not really well seen, you know, in, in sort of club rugby. So the best internationals are the ones who get absolutely smoked with their with their club um, be, before they go. So that's that's a proper dig, proper, proper dig. A big dig. And also, weirdly, I think it is, uh, sort of tells us a bit about Ronald Agarra, his adaptation and how up to speed he is. Like he's been at Racing 92. He knows how to motivate and work within French rugby culture as well. Like he knows how to work the press, the media. He speaks really well. And he doesn't mix his words. Like he just comes out and says, that was a fucking nightmare. We made these make mistakes at the start of the season. Boys haven't learned. And that's what's disappointing. Like he's, he's cut and dried on what he said. And he's got big expectations as a coach because he had huge expectations on himself, on Munster and Ireland as a player. 
Um, and that's who wants to pass on to these La Rochelle boys. And they've been so good. They were so good last season. That will be the disappointing thing for him. He's, he knows when they fire, when they're on song, they can mix it with anyone. But then you go to Perpignan, he describes it as a lesson as a, an aggression. If you're not up for it, you get beaten. It doesn't matter what team you can play against top 14. If you're mentally not switched on, you've got no right or desire to be able to say to the French national team, pick me, pick me, if you can't front up and go away and play Perpignan and Perpignan. So I enjoyed it. I enjoy the way he speaks. I think he's a great coach and looking forward to seeing more of him. And I've left a certain little game out of that top 14 chat because we've got a new feature this week, haven't we? And I think it might crop up in that. So do you guys want to talk us through it? We've got the meter moment of the week, fellas. Essentially, we pick our favourite rugby moment from the weekend. And we might agree, we might disagree, Benji. We can pick different things and decide on the best moment of the weekend, the meter moment of the weekend. I'll let you go first. What was your moment of the weekend just gone by? Well, listen, the meter is to test the heat of of how, how hot and how cooked meat is, right? Meat is muscle, meat is is balls. <laughs> it's just, you know, showing a bit of aggressivity. And listen, I, I know yours already and I really like it, but Anybody who had a Premier Sport at the weekend in the UK would have seen exactly precisely what I keep on telling you, why Morgan Parr is just such a special number nine. At one point, they, I mean, the 60, it was obviously Clermont against Bordeaux in Bordeaux, a very tight, intense game with some proper big shots all around. And at one point, there's a proper break by you know, Francois Trangu sent up, uh, sets up a beautiful diagonal kick for his winger, I think is uh, Romain Buros who catches it and he's legging it all the way to the try line. And you see Morgan Parra rocking up, flying full tilt at diagonal and just absolutely melting him a meter. Morgan Parra weighs about 79 kgs, right? He's not like a human cannonball that's that's thrown at you. He just brings absolutely everything he's got behind him. And he melted him with a beautiful, beautiful tackle. Not many so small guys have got the nuts, the, the courage, and there's the natural aggressivity uh, to to do that. And that's why I was blown away by it. And my mate Yannick Nyonga, who was on the show, I saw put a little tweet also said, the courage of Morgan Parra. Wow. And that's exactly who he is. He kicks the tough penalties. And when it's about putting your body on the line, my word, he's he's always all the way up there. And he's the skinniest. <laughs> so that's why it's the most uh, impressive. So my meter moment was Morgan Parra's cover tackle on Roman Buros, where he melted him a meter away from the line, but couldn't prevent the defeat from Clermont in the end. He's put a very good case forward there, but Benji's gone for his mate, Johnny. So who are you, who are you going for? No, respect. He was absolutely, and he's tiny as well, Morgan. Perhaps people don't realize, but he was absolutely traveling. If you look through the highlights of Bordeaux Clermont, look for the try that Jan Lesgurg scored. So one of the best footballer touches that you'll see in the top 14 manages to chip the ball into his hands and can score his own try. That was nearly it for me, but my meter moment of the weekend was the performance of my old mate, again, another mate, but Francois Tranduc, um, who didn't train with his side at all last week because his missus was giving birth to number three. So congratulations to them. Um, but didn't train with him at all. Came off the bench on the 45th minute. First touch, knocked over a drop goal and then created basically everything that was positive about Bordeaux's play for the rest of the game. Took the ball to the line, created some ridiculous line breaks, silky hands, it was vintage Francois Tranduc, the, the sort of bloke that I was used to playing with 2012, 2014, an absolute freak show. So it was his performance capped off by the arrival of his little boy and um, that was my meter moment of the weekend. Vintage Francois Tranduc and back to his best after a couple of years of hard injuries and strife. Good on you, Francois. There we go. We'll let the listeners decide. Meter moment of the week. 
Benji's mate or Johnny's mate? You decide. Let us know. You've got the perfect, perfect little extra detail saying that he was third time father during the week for the legend that he is, François Trenduc. To be honest, it's his last season. Morgan's got a couple of couple in him already. Uh, François is an absolute legend and I adored the way that he controlled that game. And I don't know if you saw, but he got put on after, um, what is it, Soutenny was having a shocker. Uh, with the kicking to post. And he was brought on. Remy Lama took it out. And I thought that was a pretty ballsy uh, call from Christophe Furios. And Suteni went to 12 and he went to 10. And I don't know if you saw, he came in. He almost gave a hug to Suteni. So there was really a sense of, he knows what it is to be in papa. the shits. When, 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 and papa. he knows what it is to be in front of the sticks and just you're in an off day because he really didn't have a shocker. And the first touch that he did wasn't really the drop goal. It was first putting Suteni in a gap. And then he did the drop goal. And I thought, man, he just, his, his, his human psychology, his, um, his internal emotional intelligence is just yeah. out of this world. So fair play to Francois. We're agreeing then. We're giving it to Francois Trandic this week. Yeah, man. I just, I just need to basically give a bit of praise to my mate Morgan. But Francois had it all along. <laughs> don't get me wrong. It's okay. <laughs> That was Johnny and Benji's meter moment of the week. And meter is the world's number one wireless meat thermometer. And they've made over 9 million cooks better with their revolutionary app as well. So it's no surprise their users are growing rapidly every day. If you've ever said your pork or your turkey's dry, either of you? Moist, mate. It's moist. (laughs) Then meter is the brand for you. And you can use it on a barbecue, in the oven or in a pan. Enter a whole new world of cooking and join the metaverse at meter.com. And just use the code FRENCHPOD10 at checkout for 10% off any full price item as well. Before we go, there's been a bit of transfer gossip, hasn't there, in the top 14? There always is. What have you seen, Johnny? Never ending. The latest one is Andre Pollard not being kept on at Montpellier. That'd be a big chunk off their wage bill, to be fair. And the possibility of a young Englishman coming across the channel, another one. Zach Mercer's already there. Ford might be coming across from Leicester. I think there's a little bit of cash maybe to be paid in transfer fees, but... If they could get him 77 caps, used to pulling the strings for both Leicester, who are flying this season. I'm not sure if you watched any of their games in the Prem and for England. Um, out of luck and out of the squad with uh, Marcus Smith coming in. So potentially between him and Anthony Bello from Toulon moving down to Montpellier. And with Ford, this is 2023 we're talking, not not next year, isn't it? Or are they going to buy him out of his contract? Yeah, I think it's, it's looking like next season. If, if he's not part of the extended squad for Eddie Jones and isn't going to be number one or number two for the World Cup, then I think it's going to be next season. That's what rugby papers over here are reporting anyway. And Maxi Machinot, is he off from Racing? Yeah, I think it's pretty much pretty much done. He's going to Bayonne. He's a, he's a Bordeaux boy uh, originally. His father had a really famous, was managing a really famous brasserie and down next to La Dune du Pila, La Corniche, a beautiful brasserie, restaurant Amazing. and hotel. So I think he, he'll be coming back to his sort of Southwest origins. Um, Bayonne definitely up and coming I don't think they're going to stay long in Pro de Deux the project no. is completely still in place so it would make sense and I think it was well, from what I've heard it was a matter of of uh, length of contract and racing still really keen he's got a very very tight relationship with Lorenzetti but then obviously maybe not particularly keen to leave too many uh, guys in the way of Nolan Le Garek being able to completely take the reins of that team and you know feeling completely in confidence you can never underestimate how much it means to leaving let Maxime Machneau do his own thing get three years in Bayonne but also imagine the message that are sending to Nolan Lugarek mate the, the club is there is yours for the taking go for it any others? Alexandre Rumat who started off at Biritz has been at Bordeaux for the past I think four or five seasons I think he's just signed for Racing 92 as well another one so you'll be up competing with um, Baptiste Chouzenou 
for the six and seven jersey. Ibu Diallo is there as well. Another really talented kid. I think he's only 24 years old. The son of Olivier Ruma, French legend. So that's the only other one that I've seen. I'm not sure it was confirmed, but definitely being spoken about down here in the Southwest. The only one that I'm really interested to know, but I don't believe it's going to happen, if see if the Vunipola brothers ended up crossing the channel. Mate, they've been coming to France every year for the past 10 years. <laughs> that is just pump up your tires. No, no, Nigel no, Ray, no. whoever is majority, minority shareholder, sign me up. Classic. No, no, That's to classic be, to be fair. No, to be, to be fair, I mean, I, I was, I can't remember who I was speaking to about it. When I saw the England side for the... Um, Autumn Nation series. I thought there must be a mistake. There must be five games, and that's the first team that's going to rotate afterwards. There was there's about six names that I've never heard of. So there's some proper proper changes, and there's a proper message from Eddie Jones to say, "Well, boys, I think the ship has sailed now. You know, is we're really taking a different direction." So I don't know. You know, if you if you're going to try to milk your talents across, it might be the time. But obviously, those two guys, whew, big hitters financially, big hitters on your restaurant bill <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and big hitters on, on your ball carrying statistics. So, so seriously, seriously impressive duo, obviously. And Clermont as well as Bordeaux, one of the clubs linked with those Vunipola brothers, Benji, can you see that happening? Well, um, I, oof, potentially I would be very surprised. I think, I think Bordeaux are better positioned. The weird thing at Bordeaux is they've got two top class loose heads, right? So they've got Jefferson Poirot, they've got, um, Paeva as well, who is yeah. a machine. So you got Billy can take the spot of Louis Picamol at eight, but loose head, they're, they're sorted. They don't need a loose head. So Clermont, they're not going to. Fritz Lee's about to resign four more seasons. There's no way he's getting turned out. Well, we started off talking about the internationals and let's finish off by getting your predictions in for the Autumn Nation series then. And the Guinness Pint predictor on Match Pint is back. So anyone listening can join in and prove they know far more about the game than Benji and Johnny. It's really simple. You just download the Match Pint app, predict the scores, beat your mates and win pints of Guinness. And to compete against Johnny and Benji, all you need to do is enter our private league with the code LaRugby. And the overall winner of that will get a very special prize at the end as well. So let's go for it then. We'll start with Ireland, Japan. Johnny, you go first. Um, I'm going to go Ireland by 13 I think that's going to be hard though. Like Japan are proper, proper team. We saw that last World Cup. I just think Ireland home advantage, Japan traveling over first game up. Um, I'm going to go Ireland by 13. All right. Just for the sake of it, I'll go for Ireland by 14. Just for the sake of it, you could have gone Japan. Nah. (laughs) Italy, New Zealand. Benji, you go first. Italy, New Zealand. I will go for New Zealand by... Don't want to be mean but I'll go New Zealand by 45. Cricket score. Um, even if New Zealand stick out a second 15, which they might do and mix it up, I'm going to go New Zealand by 52. I think this could be pants down stuff really this weekend. England Tonga? Same thing. I'll go England by 40. It could be more again. Um Again, Tonga last weekend. I know they're going to bring in, I think, seven, maybe seven, eight or nine different players to the group that played against Scotland last week, but just the strength of England. Um, England by 48. Now we're getting into the big ones. Wales, South Africa. Poof. I, I, I unfortunately don't see... I, I didn't... So I bet last last week where I did my predictions last week, I got them right. I didn't see such a big score for the All Blacks against against Wales. They really trashed them. Um, so I don't think South Africa can 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 do that. Wales will be particularly upset, obviously, out of it. I still see the Sapphires being stronger. 
being more dominant, being more in control of what they do, not particularly lacking of that many numbers. Even if it's end of tour, they're getting some guys left, right, and center. So I'll definitely go, still go over the South Africa by 14. I agree with you, mate. I, I just think that Wales without Alan Wynne Jones, without Moriarty, I just think it's going to be, they've already got injury problems in certain positions as it stands. Um, Therefore, I can't see Wales doing it in Cardiff. I'm going to go South Africa by 16. You're going to be there, Johnny. Scotland, Australia. So are you, mate. You're going to be there too with your Scottish jersey on. I'll be there and I'll give you a pint of Guinness after we've got these predictions right. Um, Oh, Do you know what? If Quade Cooper was there, I would have gone differently and I possibly would have backed Australia. I mean, they're in great form. I think the advantage that the Scottish staff has is that they know Dave Rennie inside out from his time at Glasgow. He was head coach there for a few seasons. All the players know exactly how his systems work, how he operates, how to nullify those threats. So I'm going to go Scotland to win at home. And I think, as I said, if Quade Cooper had been there, I think he'd been the spark that sort of won on a couple of those last games. I'm going to go Scotland by seven. I had Scotland by three. So that's my my only big bet. Uh, still seeing them beat Australia uh, on a beautiful uh, on a beautiful afternoon of rugby, hopefully for everyone. Uh, so always exciting, positive attacking rugby from both sides. Uh, proper battle in the air. But I still see Scotland just sneaking in that win. It's not going to be easy. They're going to have some yes. some something will have to happen. But I still see them just sneaking that one. And to round it all off, the really big one, France Argentina. Boomfa. I think um, I think France France will win it. I don't see it being that comfortable considering there's a bit of a uncertainty of how... I don't think they'll be stressed out. I don't think it will be um, a particularly sort of um, unsettled result all the way to the last minute. But at the same time, I don't see France overly dominant uh, in the loose because it's going to be the first game, because there's going to be a new association at 10 and 12. Uh, and with a lot of respect for how, how Argentina can be tough to handle. I've lost to them on, on the last game of a, a November tour in, in, in France, thinking that we were going to, we just smoked uh, Australia and then we ended up losing to the feisty Argentinians by four drop goals of uh, Nico Sanchez, who is a South Francais now. So still very, very bitter about it. And I'd say France <laughs> will beat Argentina by six. I think it's going to be more comfortable than that. Benji, mate, I think like Ledesma kept laboring, they're absolutely pooped. They want to get home. They're knackered. And I think there are too many people with a point to prove. They said that last time. I know. No, look, I just think there's, there's too much talent. And I think that they're settled. They've had a decent camp together, which is tough for French guys to get together and prepare properly. And I think it's time for them to start clicking and things to fall in place before the rock up as it's coming fast around the corner. So I think it's a decent time to lay down a marker and a statement when I'm going to go France to beat Argentina by 16. We will see and we will report back on how you've done next week. Thanks, Johnny. Thanks, Benji. A big thanks to all you guys for listening as well. Make sure you hit subscribe. Leave us a nice review if you can as well. Check us out on Rugby Pass as well as on YouTube. Get on Premier Sports for all the live top 14 action and we'll be back with another episode next week. Au revoir, guys. Cheers, boys. See you, fellas. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, 
all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 